Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Hi, my name is Anya Tyson. I'm a New York-based business development consultant with a focus on sustainability and culture. I'm here today on the CoLab podcast to interview Kelly Latcham. Kelly leads fashion partnerships at Sezzle, which is a fintech company focused on the buy now, pay later space. She's based in New York like me, um, and today I'm so happy to interview her for CoLab. Hi, Kelly. Hi, super excited for the conversation. Yeah, same. Um, so Christy asked us both on here to talk a little bit about pivoting, and uh, I know we're going to get a little bit further into that, but I wanted to start off just by asking you, uh, you know, a little bit about your background and where you come from and sort of how you got started. Absolutely. Um, so just to kind of give you a little bit of, of background about me, I'm originally from a very small town in Ohio called Perrysburg, which is based right outside of Toledo. Um, grew up there, went to school there the entire time, um, Perrysburg High School. Then after that, um, didn't go too far. I went to Denison University, which is two hours south. It's right outside of Columbus, small liberal arts school, probably about 2,000 students, um, and had the best time of my life and met some of my best friends that were there, um, who I'm still very close to to this day. Um, but I, I majored in communications and English, so very interesting, I think, to have had a, a career in fashion kind of based off of that. Totally. That's so cool. And so how did you get started in fashion? You know, I had high hopes and dreams of always moving to New York um, after college. And so my whole goal of moving there was to work in fashion journalism. So after college, ended up landing in New York and I got a fashion internship at Condé Nast um, and was working for, for Self Magazine. Um, had such an amazing experience, really great way to, to learn the business and to meet so many different people within that whole organization. But as you can imagine, um, fashion internships don't pay rent, especially <laughs> in, in New York City. We all know that so, so well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think you know, my time there, um, although fun, was, was short-lived, you know, thinking through, you know, next step would be to get a salaried position. I think my parents were saying, yes, uh, that should actually be your next move. So that is, um, you know, that time really still wanted to find something within fashion, but was having a hard time with it. And at that time, most of my my friends and, and, and peer set were actually in uh, advertising. So I pursued that and, and ended up working in the production department at an ad agency called J. Walter Thompson or mm -hmm. JWT. And super fun. Um, that was really, you know, the department that got to be so creative. We were working with copywriters and art directors and producing commercials for Spirinoff, Colgate, um, 
you know, anything that you can imagine. And so I was there for about two years. But you know, during that time, I still really had this this pull of of wanting to be in fashion. And that is when I really started pursuing it even harder, um, trying to find you know my way into the door and. That was when I started to apply to roles, you know, in New York, but also outside of it. Um, was also looking in Ohio. So I think, you know, being from Ohio, my family was still there, um, and and you know, Columbus is like a hotbed of retail, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't really realize, you know, in college, just down the road, you know, access to so many brands and companies like Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. and Victoria's Secret That's and cool. L Brands. Um, so I had actually, uh, you know, ended up applying to those as well and, uh, really wanted to be a buyer. So I'd applied for the merchant training program in Abercrombie and connected with a recruiter there. And he was like, you know, great background, saw that you worked at, you know, Abercrombie stores. Have you ever considered a role in, in our brand census department? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that even mean? And he was like, well, that's what we call visual merchandising at, at Abercrombie. I mean, that had never even entered my thought before. But what was cool about it is that at the time, Abercrombie did very, very little marketing. Their stores were their marketing vehicles. So there was a huge emphasis placed on visual merchandising there. So ended up, you know, interviewing for a role within that function. And I flew out to Ohio, interviewed with the team. I flew back to New York. And as I was in a cab on the way back to my apartment, they told me I got the job. So um, from there, I you know had a, a big kind of upheaval. I left New York in the next couple of weeks, moved to Columbus, and really started my my career in in fashion and retail. Wow! So you went from Condé Nast to J. Walter Thompson to Abercrombie and Fitch. This is like a corporate dream for a young person. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I guess maybe I can look at it. I can look at it fondly now and say yes. Yeah, it reads well in retrospect. <laughs> I think sometimes at the, at the time you're so like in the weeds, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> totally, totally, especially at that age. Um, so d- did it feel very linear for you as you were moving forward? Or like, I don't know, did that feel like a pivot? Or did that sort of feel like in line with what you had planned to do? You know, I think that was something that... Uh, I had had that that dream kind of growing up, being, working for Vogue, being in fashion journalism, but I don't think I'd ever really shaped it out to be something concrete. And and I think that you know, although I really wanted to to pursue that and and, and see where that would lead me, um, you know, I I think I just started to really finally kind of form a thought around being in fashion in some capacity and. So it didn't it didn't feel very linear at the time, you know. I, they're definitely transferable skills, and I think a lot of that was, you know, being you know, starting off in your career. I think being able to work cross functionally is huge. So I know that the the different roles that I did have across Condé Nast, JWT, as well as Abercrombie hinged, you know, exponentially on working across the departments and, you know, reaching certain deliverables. So I think that was something that really served me well to, to, and was a a common thread throughout those three different roles. That's amazing. I feel like that's really rare for corporate experience. It's a little bit more siloed usually. So it's great that you had that sort of expanse. 
Absolutely. And I think especially for from a visual merchandising perspective, I mean, we were from Abercrombie, we were working collaboratively with so many different departments with design, merchandising, allocation, planning. So we were really that last touch point before the uh, stores had their floor set to make sure that everything was coming to fruition. That's amazing. It's so pivotal for every retail space. So can you tell me, Kelly, a little bit um, about post Abercrombie, how you ended up at Sezzle? I mean, I know that's probably not a straight line, but it's just to understand <laughs> How much time this. do we have? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it, so just to kind of give you the, I guess, cliff, cliff notes on it is that I had, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, how can I continue to build on my responsibilities within fashion? And so my next role after, my next two roles after Abercrombie were at Joe Fresh and at Tory Burch. And those were both within the visual merchandising functions, um, specifically focused on, on wholesale. So after that was really thinking, okay, how do I, how do I start expanding on this? I love visual merchandising, but how can it be maybe just one component of, of what I do? And I think I, as well, I was trying to think, how do I become more of a utility player? I, I think I was thinking of myself as maybe getting a bit too siloed. And I think as I was looking at visual merchandising roles that were out there, this is just from my perspective, but they seem to be less and less common. So they were kind of getting, um, I, I would say, kind of bucketed into maybe retail marketing and, and mm. some of those potential um larger departments. So that's when I went to Tom's and became their retail marketing program manager there. So visual merchandising was still very much a component of my role, um, but really started to to expand on that with the marketing aspect. Um, then after that, had the opportunity to move to Neutrogena. So I worked in sales strategy for their makeup category, which was super fun because, you know, in years prior to that, I was, you know, strictly focused on, you know, apparel, footwear, handbags, um, but never any sort of personal care or makeup. So it was really interesting to see how that came about and, and you know, the, the R&D that went into it and how it was brought to market. And we were selling into the big food, drug, and mass retailers. So we were working with the Targets and the Walmarts of the world to the CVS and the Walgreens. And we were selling in our, um, you know, our SKUs for our, for our makeup portfolio to them. Um, so really enjoyed the sales function. I think that was really when I really struck a, a nerve where I was like, this, this feels right. Um, and I think again, it was really focused on, um, relationship building. And and I think that had come again from just having that cross-functional, you know, expertise and visibility in my prior roles and and really kind of moving it forward to provide value and and again really create those those robust relationships. Then from there, I I was living in LA at the time, um, ended up moving back to New York about, I guess at this point, almost two years ago started working for MM Fleur um, as the director of sales. So that was really focused on sales for you know, direct to consumer, mm-hmm. as well as building out a corporate sales strategy. So working with uh, you know, the JP Morgans or the, the Amex of the world to see how can we, how can MM Fleur be a part of maybe your, um, 
employee benefits. Mm -hmm. So that was a a really interesting angle to take, especially since MMFLOR is so focused on workwear. And then, you know, as probably not probably not unique, um, when you know the the pandemic started, you know, was really thinking, wow, you know, this is just this is impacting so many people, so many industries, in so many ways. And I think a lot of us saw the ramifications in in fashion. And my role was so intimately tethered to to brick and mortar, which went away as a business channel overnight. And and I think we, you know, the team quickly pivoted to see, you know, how can we offset some of those declines um, by connecting with the customer and selling to them in, in new and different ways, but just really started to think, what is something that I could do where I could really leverage my past experience over, you know, at that point, 12 plus years and bring it to a new industry that, um, you know, is, you know, where I can kind of see, you know, explosive growth in. And, and that's where I connected with a, a colleague from Abercrombie um, who landed at Sezzle and she was leading enterprise sales within fashion and had reached out to her and we, we chatted and um, she was a fantastic referral for me, uh, getting my foot in the door. And I, um, you know, interviewed with the company and, and here I am. <laughs> so it's been um, still, still somewhat new. I think I'm on, on month eight, but it's been fantastic to, to be in the fintech space, but still very much have one foot still in, in the fashion industry. Totally. That's so nice because that's such a natural progression from all of the things that you've done before. It's still like very sales oriented and community building and, you know, corporate, corporate facing, but also at the same time, you get to work in sort of this slightly new outlook or like more on the, the payment side instead of the actual retail side, which is so cool. It's such a natural way for you to slide into things. That's really awesome. Well, I, I think too, you know, from that, it's, I'd always thought, oh my gosh, you know, ch- changing industries, it just sounds like such a Herculean effort and exhausting. And I was just thinking, how, how, how is this done? How do I see people doing it, but how do they really do it? And I think it was just fantastic to connect with someone who had done that. And, you know, we really did walk through my resume because I think sometimes too, you kind of already count yourself out sometimes where you're like, ah, you know, I'm not qualified for this job. Or, <laughs> exactly. Where yeah. it's just kind of like, how do I do this? And it was really working with her to to connect the dots and it's building out the story because everyone has got transferable skills. And it's something where you just need to think through a different way of packaging it that can apply or be applied to the role that you're you're interviewing for. And I think too, you know, you've, you've really got to to tell the story and and um, again, just to kind of connect the dots for the person that is interviewing you. Totally, which you were able to do with your career long interest in narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, God, that's such a, you've had such a like star studded corporate tenure with all of these really amazing companies. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's anything you're like the most proud of in your career or the thing that was sort of, I don't know, that you, that you accomplished that you were the most excited about. You know, I, 
I've gotten, as you said, I, I think I've gotten um, you know the chance to work at some fantastic companies, worked for, worked for amazing teams, had great leaders. But, you know, I think that something that, you know, I probably would be the most proud of is, you know, again, my, my career is, is not linear. And I think I've been in a couple of different functions across visual merchandising, marketing and sales. But I think more of a something that's high level that I am proud of is the fact that I've been able to tell a concise story about why this makes sense. Um, I, I think in the beginning, I probably had to <laughs> out of necessity, um, just to, to be able to, you know, make my, my experience a little bit more, you know, cohesive and uh, you know, something that someone could really understand. This is why I did this, but I, I think it has been to to be able to be flexible and adaptable, and um, to be able to to craft your narrative. So I know it's not anything necessarily specific, but I, I think that's something that I've kind of looked back upon and have um, have hoped that I've I've navigated that somewhat well. I mean, what you're talking about just sounds a lot like integrity and I think that that's a really nice thing to be proud of (laughs) not like this one deliverable in 2012 (laughs) I'm still hanging my hat on that one (laughs) Um, well and and I think too you know with the with the storytelling I mean that that takes work it takes practice and I think when I first really started to do it and um be able to have the confidence to to tell my story in the beginning I, I think you know, when I was trying to maybe look into different industries or change functions where, you know, someone would automatically just discount me to be like, well, you've never done that. And and, and there would be times in the very beginning, I was like, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, it takes time to be like, no, actually, I have done this, but in this different way that can be applied to what we're talking about now. So it definitely takes some time to to perfect. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Always. I mean, it's a lifelong practice. Absolutely. Um, is there like one big lesson that you think of from your career or one that even though you're still learning? And if so, what is it? Yes. I I think that what I would go back and do differently is play the long game. I think that as someone right out of college, I was just putting one foot in front of the other. And thinking, okay, this is my my next move, and was just focused on that. I wasn't really pulling back and thinking, okay, this is my next move, but what's the impact of this role? Mm-hmm. Two, five, ten years down the road, and I know that's really difficult to think through as you know, uh, someone who's just graduating college. I mean, it's still difficult for me to think through, but I I do think it's imperative to to really kind of go through the rigor of understanding all the ramifications that that one rule can have where does where does it get you and or where does it not get you and i wasn't really kind of going through that exercise so i think in hindsight would go back to think through okay so this is my next move but what's the move after that and the move after that and Again, yeah. it's it's hard to think because, you know, I, I think a lot of us are really focused in, in the moment or in this next role. It's hard to think through, like, where does this land me five years down the road? Um, but I think it would be more of like taking a bird's eye view of, of what the career looked like long term. 
So that said, what bird's eye view outlook is there for you now? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, (laughs) I should take my own advice and really start thinking through what the next couple of years look like. You know, I think that I, you know, I've been at Sezzle now for I think I probably about eight months, so still relatively new. I think for me, it's really, you know, continuing to to you know dig my heels in, and I, I think with Sezzle, it's um, it's still in a, a very nascent category for the whole kind of payment installment platform space and, and buy now pay later. So I think it's got so much room for uh, for growth. And I was really brought on to help build the the fashion vertical. So I think with that, it's really, you know, digging into the strategy that we've come up with to help build our awareness, um, especially within the fashion space, and um, help bring new new brands onto our platform. So I think it's it's a lot of work to be done, but it's exciting stuff. And um just really, you know, looking forward to this new perspective that I have um, in the fashion industry. So, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of uh, growth to to come. Oh, that's so exciting! I guess the last thing that I wanted to ask you, <laughs> if there is <laughs> anything, and this is specific, if if there is anything that you could do over, what would it be? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, do over well. You know, I think something that I would do over is, and I know that this is the reason, you know, why we are part of the collab is to have this sense of community and build this network. And quite honestly, I would say, I wish I would have sought these communities out much earlier in my career. You know, I know that maybe at that time, there seemingly weren't a lot of options. But I think that I would have really leaned into starting to build the network because in the beginning and for quite some time after that, I was really, you know, I was, uh, you know, applying through the online job portal and, you know, trying to reach out to recruiters. And it, it was something where you know, I just kind of was like, well, this is how it's done or maybe this is how I've gotten roles in the past. But I think I would have just started to, to build my network earlier and to to look at different ways to to reach out to people and connect with them um i think that probably would have you know helped serve me well kind of starting it a bit sooner right well even as you said you're like uh i don't want to say guardian angel but you know you had a specific mentorship that helped you move into this pivot and into Cecil and uh that community and that mentorship is always so important i think especially for women and especially in our industry Absolutely. And, and just thinking through that, that, you know, particular former colleague was from a decade ago. So just knowing, you know, you never know when your network is, is going to be, um, you know, helpful in any way. So it, it does, I I know Christy is like, yes, (laughs) you know, it does help to, (laughs) to continue to, to check in with your network. And of course, you know, you're providing value throughout that time. And, um, just staying in touch with people because again, you never know. You ten years from now, when you want to move from fashion to fintech, it might come in handy. Totally, yeah, that's so true. Thank you all so much for coming and listening. My name is Anya Tyson. That was Kelly Latcham from Sezzle, uh, discussing pivot for the Collab Podcast. Thank you so much. So wonderful to be here. 
Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and join us so you can tell your story.